I was, uh, a number of years ago, I was a missionary. And um, I was a missionary, not to, I've, although I have been across seas, this particular part of my life, I was a missionary to the very glamorous, very exotic land of South Dallas. Um, so I was an urban and inner city missionary, and um, I was the, the regional, the city director for this mission agency that was based out of Los Angeles, California. And one of our scriptures that was foundational to our organization was the scripture out of Isaiah 61, and I love it so much because so much of that speaks to the hope and to the restoration and to what God does not just in our lives, but what he is doing in all of creation and for all of humanity and mankind. I love it because, you know, it talks about, in one version, it talks about, I would give you, trade your beauty or give you beauty out of your ashes. And um, beauty for ashes to me is just such a beautiful analogy because in our lives, so often, we have ashes. We have the rubble of failure, of destruction, of broken relationships, of things that just don't go right. And it's the nature of humanity and the nature of this world that we see this and that we experience this. And it's a difficult thing to navigate for each of us. We've all gone through hardship. We've seen tragedy. We've had loss. We've seen hopes and dreams fall down around us. But this scripture in Isaiah speaks to restoration. It speaks to the promise of what the kingdom of God brings. And I think in light of what we see when we turn on the news, in light of, of the horrible things that happen in, in Ohio and in El Paso and the things that we see all the time, we see ashes, we see rubble, we see the broken down walls. And it's hard to have hope it's hard to see good that comes out of that, but for us as believers, we stand on the promise that God restores, that he rebuilds, and he creates beauty from the ashes around us. So I love this scripture. And this scripture really does speak to what we're going to be talking about this morning, which is missional life. And we'll break that down a little bit in just a second. But before we do, our New Testament reading this morning is out of 2 Corinthians. Chapter 5, verses 14 through uh, 21. It's page uh, 1228 in your scriptures. So this verse says, 2 Corinthians 5, 14. For the love of Christ controls us. Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, and therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if in, anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And all of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting us to the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we 
We are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of the Lord. So when I I was younger and I grew up going to church um, and understanding, you know, church culture and church cultures, you know, we're a little bit different than other things. We have ways of doing things. We have phrases that we use that normal, I say normal, right? That people outside of the church don't use. We use phrases like redemption and reconciliation and salvation and sinfulness. And those aren't phrases that people outside of the church typically use in their everyday conversation. But I grew up in the church. And in growing up in the church, you began to have an understanding of how things are. And in that understanding of how things are within the church, there became this type of separation between those who were ordained, those who were clergy, those who were ministers, vocational ministers, those who were this special class of world travelers that got to be missionaries that were on mission. And then there was the rest of us that we all sat in the pews. And we did our thing, and we lived a Christian life, and we, we, we listened, and we responded. And I grew up with that understanding, and even when I, when I left the church, even when I was angry and frustrated, and when I rejected all of it, that type of mentality still was with me. When I came to the Lord, and when God got a hold of me and began to do a, a work of healing and, and transformation and reconciliation in my heart and in my own family, um, I really began to feel the call to go into ministry. And so, because I felt the call to go into ministry, because I felt the call to go and help people, I felt like the way to do that would be to go get a d- degree in theology and then pursue that. So that's what I did. Went to college, got a degree in theology got ordained, and became a missionary. Because in my mind, in order to do this work for God, you had to go through these certain steps. So I did. And I went through those steps. I became a missionary. I became a pastor, a church planner. I began to do these things. But as I began to do these things, I began to have this epiphany. And that was the fact that the way that I did it was a way and it worked. And vocational ministry is a beautiful thing. Um, you know, I work here at the church. I run a nonprofit. I still function basically as a missionary in my everyday life. But over the years, that's not all I've done. And I've learned to understand that being a missionary, a missionary, is not something that a few are called to. Being a missionary is something that we are all called to, regardless of whether we're vocational, regardless of whether we've gone to to seminary or we've got a theological training. Being a missionary is something that each of us is called to be. And I know to some of you this may sound odd, but this is a very fundamental basis of Christianity. Now we use, and the sermon deals with the fact of being and having a missional life. And that's a term that we've come up with in the church has become very popular over the past 10 or 15 years is to be missional. But nobody really, well, oftentimes people don't really know what that means. And for most lay people, that's not a term that we throw around very often. But being missional 
is a very simple concept. Being missional means this. The understanding that every believer is called to build the kingdom. Wherever they are and however they are equipped. That is being missional. And I love that so much. Because being missional is simply the understanding that we are a part of the kingdom of God, each and every single one of us. See, when we came to Christ, when we were adopted into the family of God, we became members of the kingdom of God. And as members of the kingdom of God, we adopted the values, we adopted the mindset and the mentality of the kingdom of God. And in the scriptures, we see that. We don't live by the flesh, we live by the spirit, right? We see the fact that we are to be called to something different and something higher. That's part of being the kingdom of God. And when we look at even the words of Christ and what he's asked of us, we see two scriptures that stand out. One's the great commission and one is the great commandment. The great commandment being out of Matthew 22, which is very simple. Love God with all your heart, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as? That's right. And then the great commission, which is Matthew 28, which is the last words before he ascends into heaven. He said, hey, guess what? Here's what your job is. Go forth into all the nations making disciples, baptizing, preaching, and teaching them, showing them how to follow all that I've commanded. He wasn't saying that to a select handful of people who happened to be vocational members, ministers, or who happened to have special training. He was saying that to each and every single person who followed him. The great commandment to love God and to love our neighbors is for every believer. The great commission to go forth and make disciples and baptize, teach, preach, bring people into the, into the kingdom, that is for all believers. So being missional, having a missional life, is not something that certain people do. It's something that we are all called to do. Now, I understand that, you know, that kind of sounds intimidating sometimes. And I understand that, that for some folks, that, doesn't very, that really doesn't sound appealing because they're like, I'm not a missionary. I'm not a preacher. I'm not, I don't do all those things. So I don't know how I'm supposed to go about and do this. And if that's kind of intimidating, I'm going to just kind of reassure you real quick. This is pretty simple, Okay. It's really honestly pretty simple. The job of being missional is to simply bring Christ into whatever situation you're in, wherever you are and however you can. Being missional is living a lifestyle that is based on the kingdom and that promotes the kingdom. When we look around at all the, the things in our world that we like, to, we like to get upset about for good reason, when we look at our communities and we look at things going on across the nation, when we look at the political division, when we look at the violence, when we look at drugs, when we look at poverty, when we look at all of these things around us and we reject them, we don't like them, we resist them, we want to figure out ways to solve them. When we look at that, what we are seeing is the kingdom of this earth. We are seeing the result of fallen humanity. We are seeing the natural result of man's sinfulness. 
And we can do a lot of things to try and combat that and do that, but the thing that we are taught, the thing that we are brought into, is that what brings light into darkness is Christ. The only way to overcome the kingdom of the world is by the kingdom of heaven. And we are members of that kingdom. We are members of the kingdom of heaven. Scripture says we're in the world, but we are not of the world. Now, I'm, I'm a Texan. I'm pretty proud of the fact that I'm a Texan. It's kind of my nationality. I'm like, I'm a Texan, then I'm an American. But the reality is I'm a Christian. And then I'm all the other things. Because my citizenship is part of the kingdom of God. And so as a result of that, my calling is to live out a lifestyle that reflects the kingdom of God. Now, when we look at this, when we look at what he asks us to do, when we look at what being a missional is, which we've just said, it's understanding that every believer is called to build the kingdom wherever they are and however they are equipped. And we look at why, and we, which is the great commandment, the great commission. We see it repeated in scripture over and over. We are to be light in darkness. That is what our mission is to be. But the question sometimes ends up being, how do we end up doing that? And that's where people get a little bit intimidated. Because when we think about mission, oftentimes we say, well, I'm going to go do mission. So here at this church and at all kinds of churches, they go on mission trips. Mission trips are great. Love mission trips. We go and we serve in the community. We go help other organizations. We work with great organizations and nonprofits and ministries in our community. We do that as a church too. In fact, one of our big focuses that we've been doing here at First Pres is to say, listen, we are going to serve as a church body which in things like Saturday of service and events like that, where we try and get all of our corporate body to come together and do things that bless our community and bless ministries around. We have our second area where we try and get small groups, Sunday school classes to go together in social groups, to go together as our faith communities, smaller faith communities and go serve together, to do things, to be bonded together in acts of service and to love other people. And then finally, we encourage everyone to do something on an individual family basis, to get outside of your comfort zone and to go serve. That could be going to Belize. That could be going to Ireland. It could be going at serving at Heal the City or Square Mile or wherever it may be. We encourage that. But those are things that we deliberately do to get out of our normal routine, our normal everyday life, and go do something different and special to go serve others. That's not our daily life. Those are add-ons to our daily life, and they're valuable. Believe me, I run one of those organizations. I love it when people come serve. It's what keeps us alive. But being missional is more than that. And it's not hard, most of the time. Being missional means that when we go to the grocery store, and that person cuts us off with, our bu with their buggy and runs over our toes, <laughs> we don't curse them, right? Being missional means that sometimes standing in a line at Toot and Totem 
and having a 50 things on our mind and the fact that things just went a little bit south in some area and I don't feel like talking to anybody. I don't want to look at anybody. I'm looking at the ground, trying to pay, trying to get out because I'm in a hurry. May mean that, you know what, I just take a second and I look up and I'm kind to the people that I'm sitting in line with. I smile and I'm friendly towards the cashier that's doing something. It means quite simply just being a little bit more deliberate in loving those around us. It doesn't have to be drastic. It can be simple. It can be easy. It means sometimes that that person who we work with or who we deal with or who we may be related to, who gets on our last nerve, who we avoid like the plague, maybe it means that we just intentionally show them some kindness and a little bit of grace. Now, I'm saying this, and I'm including myself in this, because although I've been a pastor and I've been a missionary, I work here, I work in the community, there are people that everything in me, when I see them, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to run, you know? Because there's just something, they, they get on your nerves, they take up too much time, they're exhausting, they're frustrating, that is what it is. I'm human, they bother me, but sometimes I've got to be a little bit deliberate to show grace and love to that person doesn't mean I'm going to be their best friend it doesn't mean I'm going to show them kindness and goodness because when we're doing these things to show them kindness and goodness what we're actually doing is reflecting the kingdom of God we are reflecting the values that we hold to we are reflecting the creeds that we recite what we're doing is loving them And I know that can be difficult sometimes, but when we do have those situations, it could be a coworker, it could be somebody else, when we have those people that we find very difficult to be kind to and to love, the thing that we have to do and the thing that we are called to do is to try as much as we can to lean on the Holy Spirit, to dig deeper into God, and to pray that we can have the eyes of Christ towards that person, because that ultimately is what it is. Our flesh, by default, is divisive. It's confrontational sometimes. Our flesh is not always easy to deal with. But thank God, he has given us his Holy Spirit. He's given us a new nature. He has made us a new creation. And so by doing that, we get to tap in to almighty God who created all things, we get to tap into that power, to that strength, because he dwells within us through his Holy Spirit, and we can tap into that to begin to love others the way Christ would love them. Now, I have to do that. I need that. And the beautiful thing is that God knows that we need that. When he gave us the great commission, when he gave us the great commandment, when he did those things, when Jesus told us to love God with all of our heart, soul, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves, do you think that he thinks we can do that in our own selves, in our flesh? Of course not. He knows that we need him to do what he's called us to do. That's the beauty of it. So to be missional at its core requires us to focus on Christ more, to allow us to be led and filled with his Holy Spirit, to lean on God deeply. And when we do that, 
we find it's easier to deliberately and intentionally love others and be missional. But what we also find, and this is a beautiful thing, we find that we unintentionally begin to live a life that reflects the kingdom. We find that we don't even have to really try to be missional, to love others, to reflect the kingdom of God. We find that it naturally begins to flow out of us because we are walking in the power and the glory of Christ. Now it takes intentionality, but that intentionality, to be honest, should be focused on growing close to Christ. And as we do that, we find that the byproduct of that is we begin, a, begin to live a lifestyle that reflects his heart for the world and the expansion of the kingdom of God. That is, to the core, what being missional is. If we want to see our churches grow, if we want to see our culture and our society begin to reflect values that are more in line with what we feel is God's plan for us, if we want to see all of this happen, the core to doing it is us. And here is where I had it wrong for a long time. See, I, I relegated the role of building the kingdom to vocational ministers and people who had a special title like missionary or pastor or whatever. And that was wrong. Because I don't care how great of a pastor they are. I don't care how big their ministry is. The fact of the matter is, is that they cannot overcome the kingdom of this world and they cannot overcome culture. The only way that we as Christians, that we as a church, that we as part of the kingdom of God are able to make an impact on the world and the culture around us is when every single one of us takes ownership of that responsibility, not relegated to the role of those who are trained. Because yeah, some of us have studied. Some of us have gone to college for a lot of years and have a theology degree. But the reality is, is all of us bear within us the living God through the Holy Spirit. And he reveals himself and teaches all of us so that none of us have an excuse. And all of us are equipped in our own way. Whether it's my seven-year-old son who knows very little, but he can be kind and loving and point people towards Christ in his seven-year-old way, or whether it was my 90, mid-90s, late 90-year-old grandparents living in a nursing home and don't have a lot of opportunity to go to the grocery store, things like that, they can still live out a missional life in being kind and loving and showing grace and compassion and mercy and pointing people to Christ in their own world where they act. It doesn't matter how big our reach is. Each of us has the opportunity to share Christ's love and goodness with those around us. So my challenge to each of us this morning, my challenge to myself, is to not run from our calling, not run from our responsibility, 
not run from what God has asked each of us to do, which is to be salt and light in the world around us. And whether that's going across the world or whether that's being nice to the guy who mows the yard, it's doing that.